0: In any kind of success in the industry is only dependent on who is already successful in the industry, seeing you, and deciding whether or not you're worthy enough to make them enough money.
1: Yeah. That's how it goes.
0: That's how but, it goes. But, am I
1: complaining? No, because mm, now yeah. I get to go on Spotify and find somebody with five plays and listen to their music. And most of the time it sucks, but sometimes it doesn't.
0: Yeah, there's this band that I listened to throughout high school. Um, they're called Kerosene. Uh, go check them out or not? I don't really remember. I didn't listen to them since high school. So I
1: thought you were gonna talk about the what's the one band that did the song? They had one song and we loved it, Inside Your View. And we reached out to them. Foxes and Lions. I, I still love. Fox, yeah, I had my first kiss with Caitlin, my wife,
0: to that song. Really? Yeah. Cool. Isn't that cool? Uh, that inside your view, I still listen to regularly. It's a great song, dude. Go uh, foxes and lions, go check them out. But remember, we were gonna. Do you remember Eyes by Rogue Wave? The song from Chuck. Probably, if you played it, I would recognize the it.
1: The new scene, this film. Yeah, me uh, reminds me of walking through the avenue.
0: I know. Yeah, I yeah. know the song. Um, I just saw oh, a side note. It's a shame that. Like, studio television, like, weekly episodic sitcoms have kind of, like, died down to the level that they have because they're not really, like, the norm anymore. Like, you can't, like, you don't go to, like... We're gonna go to Channel 12 because that's where ABC is, and ABC has this new sitcom about four roommates that uh, learn how to use their psychic superpower. Whatever, like it's some <laughs> some stupid gimmick. They always have a gimmick, it's whatever. Always four roommates. But it's always four every roommates, and four one roommates. of them's a girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they all use indie, like, actual indie music. That's like, oh, like I either funded this myself or I found the studio that has no money. It's like how to like, record it for the me.
1: season three finale of New Girl had the freaking Rivers and Roads song in it. God. Just like every. Every TV show that ran from 2008 to 2013 yeah. had Rivers and Roads in it yeah. for a season finale. Every single show.
0: Yeah. It was good enough for... It, that song was perfect for one thing, and because of that, they took off. Yeah. And that's great Great for them. Uh, good good for, them. for them. They make the head solid the music.
1: Yeah. I, if I listen to that song, though, Rivers and Roads, now, I listen to it... Because I used to listen... That was like... Yeah. If you, were in, if you graduated college between 2014 and 2016 yeah. or 17, you listen to that song. Yeah. And... Uh, I listen to that now, and I'm like, this is just—it's crazy that I could, any of us could make that. Like, this is mixed in a bedroom. Like you yeah, tell. this is, but this
0: was in network television. Yeah, um, but it's just a shame that that's not the the style anymore. Because I listened to Spoon. I listen to. Edward Sharp because of Chuck. like The, the Magnetic Chuck, Zeros, Magnetic dude. Zeros, dude. Um, Blitz and Trapper. I still Blitz listen to Fur by uh, Blitz Fur. and Trapper. Yeah, that's the name of it. Um, there's just a lot of songs like that, that brought me into a lot of under... The under indie quote, artists. You discover it through yeah, TV. Indie yeah, indie artists through through TV. Because Joe, um, TV also has a budget constraint. You have a... You, yeah. In this one week, you, you only have pay this for much a, budget. You can't pay for a freaking...
1: Top forty hit every week. Yeah, no, not possible. So it worked perfectly and for you, me, especially with shows like yeah, those yeah, single camera setup like yeah, TV shows, studio TV shows. It's funny because you have like syndicated shows. You know, like yeah. they're gonna they're the ones that we're talking about. We're not talking about like freaking because every network has its one big show that can afford anything. Yeah, and that's not what we're talking about here. Um, but. It is funny, like "Fur" by Blitz and Trapper. I associate that song with "Mellow," "Call Me Mellow" by Tears for Fears. Yeah, I do too. We listen to it at the same time, but they're not both from Chuck. That we just listen to them at the same time, and they both happen to be about werewolves. And yes, exactly. That's very <laughs> or werewolf specific. analogies. And they have a, a specific like feel to it. I think yeah. the Tears for Fears song is literally about a werewolf. Yeah, that's a Tears for Fears. <laughs> the Blitz and Trapper yeah. one is an analogy, sure, yeah. but <laughs> it's Tears for Fears. That's a yeah. werewolf. Uh, or What's it's about, fine. like, psychological demons or whatever. Yeah. that's what their band name is about. Anyway, um, speaking of Tears for Fears, another network television show mm-hmm. that fit in this perfectly that showed me a ton of music is Psych. Yeah. And Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Wow, well, Kurt Smith from Tears for Fears is, like, a recurring character yeah. playing himself on Psych. Because, yeah, that show is what it is. Um, but that. Wait for it. Continue speaking. That show. Yep showed me a ton of music mm-hmm.
0: continue speaking
1: okay what am i waiting for no keep, i'm nervous keep talking
0: now. i'm gonna see what bands you mentioned
1: that i discovered from Psych. No from kings. uh psych no more kings. yeah okay uh um no more band, kings. band of horses okay great band yeah um uh oh, there's like two that i'm forgetting right now just sam i don't know what is i was band i was gonna for? say no more kings <laughs> No, oh, I, I literally. So one of my favorite bands of all time is No More Kings. That's yeah. fu- I should have just stopped for five more seconds because it would have come to me. They're yeah. one of my favorite bands of all time. Shout out Pete Mitchell. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Um,
0: You should send him this episode. I should. And say, hey, listen to all 30 plus minutes of it.
1: He's a He really is a great guy. Like when I was getting started in, in songwriting and music, I would send him mm-hmm. songs and he gave me genuine feedback. He's one of the few people in the industry to do that. Yeah. Him and Chris Trapper were the two people who give yeah. genuine feedback. Um, so anyway, great guy, but the last season of psych, yeah, uh, the episode with Bruce Campbell, actually, I think yeah, had a no more King song at the end and that's how it's the Halloween episode. That's how I discovered them. And they're one of my favorite bands ever. So it really does do wonders for a yeah. um, small artist like that.
0: Um, let's cycle back to billion-dollar budgets. You yeah. wanted to cycle back to that. I know.
1: I just really wanted to talk about something that annoyed me, and that's that. So, like, somebody on Twitter was talking about how Barbie made a billion dollars, yeah, and how how it's now Warner Brothers' highest-grossing movie ever, yeah, ever. Barbie is Warner Brothers' highest-grossing yeah. movie. Warner Brothers, the company that's been around a hundred years, yeah, that's insane, uh, and just kind of silly. Cause I'm like Warner. It's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Like I've seen Space Jam too. They have a lot of properties, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And you're telling me that, like, anyway. So it's now their highest-grossing movie ever. And somebody on Twitter was like, okay. They rightfully pointed out, like, that's true. But yeah. when you adjust for inflation, it's not even in the top 20 or whatever. Yeah. And then all these dweebs who are on Twitter, sorry, on X, with their dumb little, dumb little Twitter tweet brains were like, why would you adjust for inflation? That's stupid. It means nothing. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. Because they literally don't understand math. And yeah, all the, but, there are other people trying to explain, like respond, and be like, that's because it's it actually represents how many people saw it. The amount of money it made is no, means nothing. It's meaningless because the m- value of money is a made up number. Yeah. It's
0: made up. So, it's like, oh, if like I... Okay, even just in the past like 10 years that me and you have been hanging out and watching movies... The price of a movie ticket has gone up. Or it's double. gonna, it's gonna cost yeah. way more money for just me to go see a movie as and opposed that, to just to both of us. Even that
1: fluctuates over time, so it's not just inflation. It's the price of movies specifically. Yeah. So like, that's why, was, yeah, it's just stupid. So like, yeah. people that don't understand that and they think it's, they're like, oh, Avengers Endgame is the most important movie ever because it made the most money. It's yeah. like they legitimately have no brain past two thousand and five. Like they just can't think into the past you know what I'm saying yeah. like they just think that wherever they lived is the most important time that's ever happened yeah um, so that's why you should go to Box Office Mojo and actually look at the highest <laughs> grossing movies of all time based yeah. on ticket prices because it's not just inflation if you adjust for inflation that's really important too yeah
0: um,
1: and that'll get you closer to the truth but even with inflation ticket prices fluctuate yeah they can still go down even though inflation is going up yeah um, so if you actually look at number of tickets sold That'll tell you how important the movie was to yeah. our culture. And when you calculate it that way, there is literally no bigger movie than – there's two that I'm going to mention. And you already know what they are. Can you I, guess
0: them? I'm going to guess Gone with the Wind. Yep. Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Literally. No, there's nothing
1: even close like, <laughs> to, those to those two movies. movies. Yeah. You've got – and then, you, of course, you've got like other big – like E.T. was a big one it's yeah. up there. Yeah. Um, The Ten Commandments, like there's a few like things, but they literally no, there's no movie that was seen by more people than Gone with the Wind and closely followed by Star Wars. Those two movies, more people saw in theaters than anything ever.
0: I, I would also, I would like to make an important side note that, um, Star Wars was, there were, there was a very specific moment in history that happened when that movie came out because, And this goes to show its value in culture. If you haven't already seen the way that Disney has exploded in whatever. Making a thousand Star Wars shows a year. Making a thousand Star Wars shows a year and controlling half of all media or whatever. um, That people would buy tickets for the movie and then sit in the theater and watch every play of the movie all day. That's how fascinating the movie was to people. No, yeah, and it's then, easily the most influential movie of all time. Because of that, you can't do that anymore. If the movie <laughs> ends, guess what? You leave, or the police are called on you. For
1: real, it's illegal to sit in like multiple
0: screenings. Uh, I them? mean, like they're gonna kick you out. And if yeah. they, if it's what if you bought business, two tickets? Business, though? I'm sure that would probably work, but you probably have to buy a ticket for like each time slot. Right. And, so, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you have to buy a ticket. Like, ticket specifically, ticket slots oh, and prices I see, I became way more important yeah because of that because movie. of star wars
1: yeah but anyway i was just i was so mad that there were people in there that were like they were like barbie is more impor- impressive or or even like any other billion dollar movie because if you look at the billion dollar movie club yeah movies that have made a billion dollars yeah it's, this has nothing to do with barbie barbie's fun it's this is just about the fact that people can't see past 5 minutes ago yeah. so like they would they were like arguing that um, if a movie made a billion dollars, that means it's so important and so great and yeah. like so influential. When, like Avatar, like you mean it, Avatar changed nothing. Avatar had no impact on the culture. Not until Avatar two came out, nobody remembered Jake Sully's name. Like if you had yeah. asked me in twenty seventeen
0: who the main character in Avatar was, I wouldn't know. Jake Sully is the only character I could name you. Yeah, that I couldn't tell you a single other character's name. Mbawe to this point
1: or something. I don't know. Like the, but yeah. but that they um. <laughs> That's the point, though. Is that the yeah. movie made a ton of money and it meant nothing? It it culturally did not have. It its was a combination of economic factors and re-releasing over and over in theaters. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, go to Box Office Mojo and look. Actually, I'm going to bring it up right now. I'm going to look them up. Talk about Do it
0: while I Google it. Um, I would also like to to make a side note while uh, Zep is looking this up that I think it is significant. Like Warner Brothers, not only has like this super high grossing movie with Barbie, that it's the first female director to hit this milestone. What I think is impressive about all of that. It's is for that, sure impressive. I'm not discounting that. Yeah, yeah. Go and ahead. I'm not just saying like the money. Like there are other there are other movies that have made more money that are way less impressive. Barbie was a good movie. I really liked it. What's impressive about the movie itself is that and you guys may have talked about this already. No. Sorry, Emerson. Emory. Uh, Emory. Uh, Emerson, Emory, Lincoln, Palmer. Um, <laughs> I'm really, I really sorry. Um, what's really impressive about that movie, I think, is that Greta Gerwig took a really stale and static idea of making a movie about Barbie, which you think would come across as like some kind of giant product placement of like, like the Bratz doll or like whatever. Any insert any other toy into this. Um analogy, and she made a really complicated movie about the trials of humanity and what it's like to be what it's actually like to be human uh, both male and female and to deal with the struggles that are in both of those realms. The the societal standards, what it's like to exist in a culture where certain standards exist with not only you as a human, but you as your specific sex and gender. I, I just thought it was really I thought it was a really impressive take. I thought it was way more, had a lot more depth than I had given it credit for before seeing it. Um, and I think that's what was the most impressive thing is that it was like, oh, we're going to make a movie about uh, probably like whatever, like the second most sold toy in the world, probably besides any Star Wars I can't toy. Wait for the Bakugan movie. <laughs> Bakugan? Um, I played Bakugan on the Wii. Uh, it was a good Wii Bionicles. game. Um I, hate, I used to be scared by Bionicles. Supposedly, Bionicles saved Lego. Because Lego, Lego almost part. went bankrupt. And Bionicles uh, came out and they saved them from Are bankruptcy. Serious? Supposedly. I read that on Reddit like three weeks ago. I couldn't well, tell you if that was true. Well, Bethesda Game Studios. And Starfield came out
1: today. So,
0: I thought it came out on the know. 6th.
1: It does. It came out for pre-order people today.
0: Okay. Um, isn't it cool that... Um, Skyrim came out whenever I was twelve, and Elder Scrolls <laughs> Six is not going to come out till I'm thirty. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And I have, I probably have two kids at that point. You know point.
1: why? People are still playing Skyrim. It's their fault. It's those people's fault that we don't. have If you
0: stopped playing Skyrim, they would and release it tomorrow. It gave, would be terrible. Yeah, right? if you gave the if you gave Bethesda a push and be like, hey, we're not playing your product anymore until we get a new product. They would have it out by now. So, Travis, shout out Travis, he listens
1: to the podcast and he sent me a Facebook reel about how there supposedly was a leak that they're remaking Oblivion. Bethesda is supposedly supposedly coming out this year. I heard it was fake. Oh, really? I heard. Okay. I don't know anything. I just know what the real said. Interesting. So, So this is what I'm talking about. But also, the
0: people that have been making Sky Oblivion um have been working on that game for 10 years give them credit. Continue. Yeah.
1: Well, I know. Those people are awesome. Yeah. So, box office mojo, you can go to top grossing movies of all time and it's going to give you the usual list, Avatar and all Titanic and all that stuff. Yeah. You, what you want to go to is to top lifetime adjusted grosses. Okay. So, it's adjusted for inflation plus ticket price, ready? Okay. Ingame is not even in the top 15. Okay. And that was a that was the biggest movie of our life. It was, yeah. And it's not even in the top 15. You ready for them? Okay. Gone with the wind. Okay. Star Wars. Okay. So that's 1.8 billion and 1.6 billion, respectively. Okay. A okay. lot. Um, estimated number of tickets: 202 million and 178 million. Okay. And so you're not only this is another thing. You're not only adjusting for inflation and ticket price. You got to adjust for po- adjust for population. Yeah. A hundred years ago, when Gone with the Wind came out, almost 100. Yeah. You, the pop- world population was like half of what it is now. Yeah. So. It way more significant. So it's like, you could Culturally. basically double that number. Like it is so much yeah. more significant than anything else. Yeah. That's come out in our lifetime. Uh, same with Star Wars. I mean, in the seventies, you had what? 3.5 to 4 billion people. Yeah. On earth. Uh, and this many people saw it. That's crazy. So then you jump down to 1.3 billion. You got sound of music. And then right below that, just a, just like 3 million below is uh, E.T. E.T., Titanic, The Ten Commandments, Jaws, Dr. Zivago, The Exorcist, Snow White. And then, this is actually impressive, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. That is it's impressive. above Empire Strikes Back. So that after Force Awakens, you have 101 Dalmatians, and then Empire Strikes Back, Ben-Hur, Avatar, Endgame. Return of the Jedi, Jurassic Park, Phantom Menace, Lion King, The Sting, which blew my mind. And yeah. then Raiders of the Lost Ark. So that's like
0: the genuine list of how many people saw. Yeah. And which, if you, if you think about how many movies have ever been made, yeah. it is still crazy that any of those made
1: a list. No, it's crazy, right? And like, it's insane. insane. So then if you compare that to the list of billion-dollar movies, movies mm. that have made a billion dollars, yeah. there's only like 50 in the history. Yeah. And, but this is the thing, is it's growing exponentially, yeah. which shows you how unimpressive it is. It, it yeah. just has to do with population plus ticket price plus inflation plus all that stuff. Yeah. So like the fact that the first movie to make a billion dollars was like what like it's it's like an insane deal and it was yeah. not that
0: long ago. And now you have one every few months that makes a billion dollars. Yeah. Um, I mean if you give it another hundred years every movie that we make is going to be a trillion dollar movie because that's just the trend that's the nature population and inflation that's why you have to use the adjusted gross to actually
1: measure impact yeah and and measured you have to but not even just impact you also have to measure the actual impact so like just because a bunch of people saw it doesn't even mean it's impactful so like yeah I mentioned a couple movies on like Dr. Zhivago nobody thinks about that movie now no uh people still think about citizen Kane and it's not even in the top 50 Yeah, you know or it might be but it's not very high up there you yeah. know what I'm saying so like the actual impact of a movie Alfred Hitchcock didn't have a movie till you get pretty far down the list and he's like yeah. one of the most influential directors ever so yeah like there's a it's way more complicated than yeah. just the dollar amount but if you look at the billion dollar movies I am to blame for part of this because of the 54 that are on here only five have I not seen okay so but you get you got like the dark knight you got yeah. avengers infinity war in game the last couple harry potter movies all the avenger movies Civil yeah war, no way home but then you get so the ones that are interesting to me is like top gun maverick because top gun is not was yeah. not that i mean top gun is like one of those enduring 80s movies but it yeah. sucks and then so the fact that the sequel was way more successful than the original is interesting to me yeah barbie uh Couple James Bond movies like Skyfall, Incredibles two, weirdly enough, interesting. Both Avatar movies, Jurassic Park, Joker, uh, Lord of the Rings, Um, but so there's some that are like genuinely like oh that's a great movie. Jurassic Park, Lord of the Rings, you know early Harry Potter stuff, The Lion King's on there. Yeah, but and like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, right? Yeah. but then the majority of the billion-dollar movie list
0: mm-hmm. is
1: just corporate garbage. Yeah. Like genuinely, most of it's corporate garbage. It's either Marvel movies, yeah, Disney remakes, yeah, like Beauty and the Beast remake, just random Disney stuff, and then um, like Jurassic World, right? Yeah. Black Panther, Despicable Me three, yeah. the Aladdin remake, Zootopia, Jurassic World, Aquaman. Um, Transformers Rise of the Moon or whatever yeah Um, Fate Fast and Furious 8 uh, Frozen 2 Minion the Minions movie the Lion King remake Finding Dory Hobbit Captain Marvel Alice the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland another Transformers movie Pirates of the Caribbean On Stranger Tides the worst one and then the Disney Star Wars trilogy was that 4 or 5? I don't know Five, four, I have no idea. Four, I think it was. I think Dead Tell Tales. the second, with the worst one, but and then the Disney Star Wars trilogy. So like of the yeah. fifty-four movies that have made a billion dollars, most of them are bad, not bad, yeah. but just like generic corporate feed you stuff. And yeah. then a few of them are genuinely like incredible movies. So all that to say, the person on Twitter that I'm ranting about is dumb.
0: The love of money is the root of all evil. And I say that because the only reason studios make these giant movies is because they take a stupid idea that's a part of a sequel or they can remake it. And then they can invest a ton of money into it. And because it has a ton of money into it, they have all this marketing and it looks really impressive. And so they can appeal to the masses. And because they can appeal to the masses, then the mass amount of people will buy tickets to it and they can make record profits every single quarter. I don't care about record profits. If a studio, if Columbia or Warner Bros. were like, I can make, I have this, I have a billion dollars. Here's what I'm going to do instead. I'm going to split that evenly a hundred different ways and give it to a bunch of teeny tiny directors and they can make their own movies with a bigger budget than they have. And you have this much more impressive movie as far as just like a, standard. Do you know
1: what you get with that? What? This
0: is why it's crazy.
1: This yeah. is why it's crazy to me. Because if you went with that model, what you're saying, it's not like, it's not like they're pitting quality against quantity. Yeah. If you go with that model, you get
0: more quantity and higher quality. Yes, You get both. You, see you get people that care about their product and, and they have a bigger budget so they can do more with it. Yeah. And the studio is like, hey, check this out. We gave up we we just we have a bunch of really yeah. cool
1: movies you can check out.
0: It's like, would you rather eat at a different
1: small restaurant in town every day or at McDonald's every day? Yeah. That and the people are choosing McDonald's every day. And you know why? Because they legitimately eat at McDonald's every day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like
0: And I'm not saying yeah. this to be
1: like all hoity toity or whatever, but most people are not. Movie people, yeah, but they're not like you and but me. I
0: know what you mean. The people that watch Transformers Five, they're going. Oh, I'm because, not going to talk about movies with them.
1: No, and they they go to the theater to get to watch something they know is going to entertain them. Yeah, and they just get what they want out of it and they leave. Yeah. They're not they're not going to go like you and me. I'm not going to go to the theaters to ever see a Transformers movie. Unless that's no. a bunch of people that I love want me to go with them. If it's like I'm a never group gonna group setting go. yeah. and
0: we're just like we have money to spend And whatever. that's the thing. It's
1: lowest common denominator. Because when groups go yes. to the movies, they're gonna pick a movie that everybody's gonna find inoffensive and normal and yeah. nobody's gonna ever think about again. Um but when you do like you and me are much more likely to go to the theaters to see like like Barbarian, for example, or like yeah. some indie horror movie or something weirder. Something really niche. Yeah, yeah. it's like that's what actually excites me. Like, I want to see that in the theater. I, wanna I don't see- want to, I don't care to see a Marvel movie in the theater because it's going to look the
0: same on my yeah. TV. I think that's worth appreciating and worth noting is that, and I'm tooting our horns about this, is that whenever we watch a movie, we can see the arts and like the way, like the care that was taken with a specific movie and how the director wanted that presented. Right. Or as opposed to like if you watch freaking Transformers, whatever there's no vision. Like, there's no vision. No, you they're can't... just like, oh, we're we have a a bare bone story and we're just gonna try and impress you with visuals. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Peter Frampton. Thank
1: you, Peter Frampton. And uh so anyway, that's the thing. It's like that's why the market has gone to where it has, is because people want McDonald's every day, because they want something that's gonna feed everybody and yeah.
0: they just wanna get in and out. And it's as accessible as possible.
1: And I think part of it too is that People probably are less likely... So, well, I don't know. I'd have to have to, I'd have to look at the stats on how like, how often people go to the theater. Yeah. I'm curious if people went more in the 70s, 80s, and 90s yeah. than they do today. Maybe not. Maybe people still go to the theater just as much. But I feel like when I, lately, when I go to the movie theater, uh, it tends to be sparse. They're very rarely yes. full. Actually, Oppenheimer was one of the only full theaters I've been in in like a year. And then also, whenever they... Put the Lord of the Rings trilogy back in theaters like, yeah. a couple of years back. That was a full theater. That was packed. Yeah. People wanted to see a good movie. But yeah. like, and then Oppenheimer was packed, and Barbie was pretty full. Yeah. But I saw Barbie like three weeks after it came out, and it was still
0: yeah. Big. We we saw it late, um, and it was there were maybe six other. People
1: and that, that's yeah. like viral marketing. The Barbenheimer thing like really yeah. elevated both of those movies. Yeah. Um, Oppenheimer's at almost a million dollars too. It's like eight hundred million or something. Yeah,
0: it's still really high um, and. But respect where it's due.
1: Anyway, but that's another thing. It's like you and people like you and me are much more likely to see Oppenheimer in the theater than Barbie.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, most people who are just like casual movie people would see Barbie first because it's like the more appealing, like fun kind yeah. of story. Um, but Oppenheimer got way bigger of an audience than it deserved because yeah. of the Barbenheimer stuff. Like, not deserved. I think Oppenheimer's a better movie. I love it. Yeah. But like, um, most people are not going to care about Oppenheimer yeah. as a movie unless it was the weird TikTok viral marketing thing yeah. that happened. So it's just interesting to me like yeah. the way things work now is not the way they've ever worked in the past.
0: Yeah, I think even like even going as far as to say like movies that I really appreciate and really like that are weren't big sellers when they came out. Are weirder than the movies that are coming out now. If they came back in theaters, I would still go out and see them. If Memento came out today, oh, yeah. if I if like if they were like, hey, we're gonna re-release Memento, go see it. I'd be like, all right, cool. Well, you have my money. And that's the thing; they
1: legitimately do that now. Like yeah. they release old movies in theaters, and those are the ones I go see. Like last yeah. October, I saw Halloween. It's a big yeah. Throwback to this episode, what it's supposed to be about. I saw John Carpenter's <laughs> Halloween in theaters yeah. last. Uh, October on Halloween and it was like the coolest thing in the world. I love that. Like, yeah. that's why I actually go to the theater now. I don't really care as
0: much about things that are coming out. Cause I don't want to yeah. see uncharted in a theater. I would yeah. kill myself. It's just, it's, it's just a really oversaturated market with a lot of big players that put out a lot of goy slop and they make you eat it. They make you, you can't eat can't it. And it's better. just a part of the machine. You gotta, you gotta take part in it. If you're going to be part of the movies, cause you what? have two options. You either eat the goislop that they
1: say is good, and some, and sometimes it's pretty tasty, yeah. or you try to find hidden gems. Yeah. But to do that, you have to sift through like Tubi, and watch yeah. garbage to find actual good low budget like to th- find a house
0: at the end of time. Yeah, <laughs> or prospect or something yeah. like
1: or censor like yeah. those movies. I have to have pointed out to me by other people. Yeah. I'm never gonna find that on my own because yeah. it's not promoted. It's not out there. I have to watch a red letter media video to be aware of the fact that censor exists. Yeah, because it's not going to be
0: promoted like a Marvel movie. And and that's not to say that like even a lot of these big studios have like I think a lot of these studios have people with B movie hearts. I think Greta Gerwig for one. James I think Gunn. James Gunn is what I was about to say Literally. next. James Gunn has like that Guardians I, Three is amazing. He's like I'm gonna like be All, creative. I'm gonna have fun. Writing and creating this story, and I also get a massive budget, yeah, with that's this. a that's why it's like compare that
1: look at the m c u and compare like James Gunn, yeah, to what's the most gen- i mean I love to hate on civil war, so I don't know yeah. civil war yeah. the, it has no character, it's yeah. got no like heart, it's got no soul, it's just the it's just exactly what you'd expect, whereas yeah. a guardians movie. Is gonna take risks and be weirder and be more fun and be more personal yeah. and you know it's it, that's the difference. Yeah. Um, so I guess it does come down to people, but you have to have somebody like a James Gunn who started in B movies like yeah. Slither. Um, he started you have to out, have
0: ambition. Yeah. You have to have people that are like, I'm gonna take a risk with a really weird thing, and you got to trust me on it because people are gonna love it. And that's why you wind up with The Suicide Squad, which is a remake of Suicide Squad with the same people in but it. But way better. But way better. Yeah. And
1: Shout out David Ayer. Performed way better. Your first one. Yeah, literally. Um, so what do you think about James Gunn firing all the DC people? I don't care about anything. Like Henry Cavill that fired a Superman and all the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's
0: a bummer. But also, it's a part of the machine. If you're going to be a part of the machine... Oh, you're about to get Here's what I at think at some point. Stop making Superman movies. Yes. Go watch the
1: Richard Donner one. Just go watch the Christopher go, Reeve movies.
0: Go I was about to say go do more impressive superheroes, but I said that as I was thinking about the Blue Beetle movie, and I have no intentions of seeing that. No, I don't care at all. See that's the thing, is I,
1: I they've killed the market. It's dead. I never want to see superhero. I movie
0: think D C has just a really bad grip of, of how to handle um a franchise.
1: Yeah, it was run by boomers from the beginning. Like they did not yeah. ride the wave at all. They could have with easily ridden the wave
0: if I they had s- just stuck with like the Nolan style stuff yeah. and they didn't. I still haven't seen the Flash movie yet. It's out on no, Ma- no. it's out it's on HBO. It's your favorite superhero. It is. If somebody in high
1: school told you that there was going to be a DCEU and a Flash movie, you would be so excited. With Michael
0: Keaton as the original Batman, you'd I'd be, be like, so I'm going to pee myself. But what dude. you
1: didn't know is that in the 10 years in between, there was just absolute mind-numbing levels of fan service and yeah. corporate slop shoved into your face and bringing yeah. back old, dead characters and say, look, don't you remember this? Yeah. Oh, so fans, you Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're trying to stimulate every nerve in your brain all at once. Yeah. But they're trying to do that every single time. So you just get numbed out at everything.
1: The Jurassic World 3 movie where they yeah. bring back the original cast and it's the worst movie I've yeah. ever seen.
0: I haven't seen The Flash yet. But... They're not, it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the DCEU yet. Like, it's just the flash, and I think Batman makes an appearance. I think, whatever, there's like, oh, cool, this person popped in from the other DCEU movie, whatever, cool. Zack Snyder's Justice League, the four hour cut, much better than was, the original cut, was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. I it actually great. genuinely it's really a good liked movie. it. Yeah. Um, but here's the cool thing. If you start out with the Flash storyline, if you're you know, like, we're going to make a movie about Flash, let's do Flashpoint, a series, like a pinnacle moment in Flash history that took decades of building up to sure. to reach at that point. It's not something you start with. You don't, the MCU didn't start with Endgame. Right. You weren't going to be like, hey, we're going to start off with this huge, big, bad guy. And the universe is at risk. You're like, well, I don't care about the, the un- universe is at risk. The they're beginning. trying to play catch-up. Yeah. If you just did your own thing, DC, you would finally reach If you just did smaller-scale stories...
1: That's why the, those are the ones... Joker is a billion-dollar movie. Yeah. Because it's a small-scale story. And it's... The ind- Dark Knight. It's independent. And yeah. Dark Knight Rises are billion dollar movies yeah. because they're like that's that's the approach you have to take. You cannot try to be
0: a Marvel movie. If you followed their model instead of the numbers and you decided, "Hey, I'm going to make a movie about Batman and I'm going to make a movie about Wonder Woman and I'm going to make a movie about Superman," which they tried to do and they decided to start off with Superman, and then mesh them all together immediately, without trying okay, to do that up. A couple things, and then start Wonder Woman. Yeah. It just didn't make sense. But if you followed that model, and then you're like, I'm also going to do a couple other superheroes here and there, and then I'm going to do uh, Identity Crisis, and then I'm going to do Countdown to Final Crisis, and then we're going to do Final Crisis. To get it?
1: You're a comic book nerd.
0: Yes, I. That 52. was fifty-two. That was the only. That was the only thing I actually spent time reading. Yeah, and if. And then you did Flashpoint, and you're like, oh, I actually care about this character. Cool, whatever. If you so, did Countdown to Infinite Earth, and then you were like, okay, cool, I, I spent 10 years building up to this. This is a huge moment. If you started off with like, oh, the, the universe is in peril, I'd be like, I have no stake in this. Who cares? I'm watching copy-paste, cardboard cutout, slop, whatever. So the thing is, maybe if
1: James Gunn had been in control of the DCU from the beginning... Yeah. It could have been successful because maybe now yeah. it came to the small scale thing. But it, now the market's yeah. oversaturated and nobody cares. The other thing is it was a mm-hmm. combination of that and bad planning by the studio. Warner Brothers has historically terrible management of their properties. They do not know how to market or plan anything. They cancel things at the worst moments. They're terrible. Yeah. Um, so it's a combination of that plus Zack Snyder being who he is. Yeah. Is why it didn't work. It didn't work because Zack Snyder is Zack Snyder. And he's basically yeah. Michael Bay on steroids.
0: And he's Michael Bay he's, as a 15 year old. Yes, he's Michael Bay with a 15 year old brain.
1: And so sometimes that works great. I Like I said, I loved the Snyder cut of the, the Justice. The Snyder League. cut. Watchman was good. Yeah. Man of Steel makes my brain go numb a little bit. <laughs> and so does yeah. uh, Batman versus Superman a little bit. I actually like yeah. Batman versus Superman better than most people.
0: Yeah, I do too. I would say, like I, I give it more favorable
1: opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for but sure. Just in general, he's like, well, he's like, what if it was in four three ratio and black and white and everything was like, you know what I mean? He's just like, yeah. you know, trying to be as edgy as possible and all the time with a bunch of CGI. It's
0: it. Zack Snyder is a director who. It's as if he watched a Sam O'Neill, um, or Sam Onella video about how to be a good director and then tried to actually do that. Yeah. That's what it comes across as. He's like, he's following a trend of things that happened whenever he was a certain age. And he was like, that's still cool in my brain. What if a Creed song became a movie? He's like, if you, (laughs) he's like, if a
1: movie YouTuber tried to make a movie, if you or I tried to make a movie, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I like I don't know. It's just funny. You know,
0: you know who actually. If you really wanted a movie about Superman, Golden Era Superman, like it's kind of cheesy, it's kind of campy, but it's really endearing. It has a lot of heart. You know who the 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 perfect director is? Yeah, Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah would be perfect to to have an actual budget and he to circle all the way back to B movie directors is quite is also fits into that camp of B movie directors except he's still a B movie director he has never broken any kind of records he's never like hit any kind of benchmarks he's just like I'm going to crowdfund a movie okay but he also wears hockey jerseys and goes on Joe Rogan that's true so that's a benchmark so does that North Korean woman what does that say about our culture She wears hockey jerseys. Yeah. Who? They love hockey in North Korea. Do they really? Hockey. (laughs) They really do? I don't know. That's funny. I'm joking. They're Uh, right next to Russia-ish. That's true. Is Russia into hockey? You you would think. Probably because of the Olympics. Probably because of the Olympics. The what? (laughs)
1: Um, I was... uh, Whatever. What, did you have a bit that went further? No,
0: it was a bit racial, so I'm not going to do All it. All right. Was it against Russians, though? Because that's no, it okay. About, it was an Asian accent All right, thing. then
1: we should probably skip yeah. it. Um, but the... Uh, no, anyway. Freaking directors who would be great at Superman. You know who would be awesome? Who? Richard Donner, and he did. That's the thing, is that <laughs> you can't really blame yeah. it. I can't really blame anybody for the way that that... Is because it's just a cultural change. Yeah, it wouldn't work now. But that's what you need. That's why Superman worked. That's why the original is so good. Yeah, because he treats him like a mythological character that he is. Yeah, and he can reverse time by spinning the Earth back. And it it's not concerned with the weird. Ugh, I can't use that word. Um The detail, the like minutia of the details of how it scientifically works. Like, yeah, that's if you watch any Marvel movie now, that's it. It's concerned with camp, dumb jokes, corny. Like, uh, uh fourth wall jokes and then the scientific minutia of plot holes and making sure everything like in my head can and it has to all fit together. And like, yeah, like, cause that's how people watch movies now. They're overly analytical and they can't understand myth. They yeah. don't understand myth. And so like, that's why the original Superman works so well, but you can and, <laughs> and the original Spider-Man trilogy works so well Yeah, is because that's how it treats its characters. Yeah. It's lighthearted, but genuine and treats his characters as mythological heroes, yeah. And not as the way the MCU treats everyone, which is yeah. everything is just like sci. It's just a like hard sci-fi comedy. It's the weirdest yeah. thing. Um. Anyway, yeah. So it's just a cultural change. You can't make a good Superman movie now because people wouldn't people wouldn't think it was
0: good. Yeah. Um. There's a YouTube video. Um. It's about it's Kevin Smith talking about him being a screenwriter and he was Warner Brothers reached out to Kevin Smith and they were like um, he was like I want to write the Superman script or whatever however the interaction went and it was whatever new Superman return of Superman whatever the Nicolas Cage Superman movie was Uh that's the movie that he had signed on to write and so he was meeting up with this mega rich producer and so he was writing these entire scripts of of Superman, who Nick Cage was going to play. You can find pictures of it online. Um, and writing these full scripts and sending them in, and then he would go meet with this producer, and the producer would be like, well, ah, maybe I'll, you should try this. You should put this in the movie. And he'd be like, okay, that's dumb, but all right, I guess you're funding the movie, whatever and then he kept talking about this giant spider. He was like maybe we should put this giant spider in the third act. Maybe that's what Superman should fight. And Kevin Smith is like, "Well, do you know Superman the character at all? Like do you understand that it's like like it is like a conversation about like humanity and what it's like what it is to be human and like how to like actually have integrity in a world where you were a god and but you are a part of And then he was like, you should put a giant robot spider in there. And then eventually the movie crapped through, and they lost funding, and they decided not to go through with the project. And Nicholas, whatever, it all fell through. And then the next year, Wild Wild West came out. It was produced by the same guy that had a giant metal spider in the third act. Some people just wanna watch really stupid stuff. That's the thing. And, and then have the are money. The
1: people producing the movies. People producing the movies. Thanks, Avia Rod. <sighs>